Thank you to, for coming and participating as Sangha, as a this spiritual community. Also, thank you for all of the help that all of you give to us uh, in so many different ways, including financial support. It's very much appreciated and needed. So thank you. Today's Dharma Talk. Something you've probably heard before. It's not nothing new. I just like the title description, and it allows me to go in a direction that's very difficult to go conceptually. It's just difficult to talk about if you spent a lot of time uh, studying, practicing, meditating, contemplating, working with a teacher, working with a sangha, working with all the different 2,500 years of texts that are out there, not just in Buddhism, but in all different directions. Secret, that's a common word, secret, beyond, secret, beyond, beyond thought, beyond emotion, feeling, memory, beyond it. How do you do that? We can't even get into it. We can't get around it. We can't, we can't, we can't, we keep running into this. All kinds of ways of teaching. One of the ways that I studied for many decades and taught to others is Shamatha Vipassana or Shine Laktang is the Tibetan, sometimes called mindfulness awareness. Wonderful practice. The the difficulty, and this doesn't happen to everyone, but the difficulty can be, unless you're working with a teacher closely, the difficulty would be is making a little hideout in the mindfulness. You get very good at labeling thinking, return to the breath. Label thinking, return to the breath. And creating a an imaginary present. You're in the present moment kind of thing. Doesn't always happen, but it can. Whereas Shikantaza includes both of those practices of sitting still, calm abiding, you could say, and just hanging out in consciousness. Vipassana, Maha Vipassana, the great panoramic awareness. It's up to you. You you would know whether you want to practice Shikantaza or you want to uh, practice Shamatha Vipassana or creation completion uh, deity yoga. Maybe you should be doing that. It's up to you. You decide if it is uh, even a decision. So secret beyond thought. <clears throat> My understanding of that, based on doing this for a while, is you have to look at the thought. Don't think about the thought. Don't add to the thought. Don't, no comment on the thought. No addition. No math. Don't add. Don't divide. Don't subtract. Passion, aggression, and ignorance, again, just in a different structure. Do nothing with it, other than be aware of it, receive it, smell this. Fragrance or odor beyond, beyond the perception, beyond that. Even though it says perception only, that takes a, excuse me, that takes a while. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> and how do we do that? We need to continually return, return, return to awareness just perception only. And that's difficult because quite often what happens is, is when the thought arises that we are endeavoring to just to watch the thoughts arise and float away or watch the emotions, watch the memory. Memory is a, a terrible trap. It's like a, it's like a invisible Velcro. It just gets you. And why, why does that do that? You want a why question here? I can do that. Why? The reason it gets you is the second noble truth. We want something else instead of being 
uh, the other way, the very relative way, and also misleading way, is to be satisfied with what you got. You got. Don't do that. Be satisfied. Anything, you, any position you take, satisfaction, dissatisfaction, ego, ego just chews on those and gets all kinds of uh, nutrients that keeps that imaginary self spinning, twirling, creating problems for yourself and for others. Very difficult. There will be, not be. If you're on the spiritual path and you realize your true nature, it's not a conclusion. It's not even an experience. If it is, then you can kind of remember how enlightened you are. The memory is dead. I've often been talking to, like Trungpa Rinpoche once said, listening to me is like listening to a dead man. It's that good and it's that bad. It's very bad, but it's extremely good because consciousness is liberated even though there's still a body here wandering around, pumping into things and getting hungry, getting sleepy. You have to see it yourself. With your permission, I will help you. Without your permission, I won't ignore you. I'm not going to do that, but I, I will not endeavor to teach you. I know better than to try to teach someone who is not interested. Because this is a very, very subtle teaching. It's heartbreakingly subtle, heart. Breakingly, because if you see it, you see you can't give that to anyone. Because consciousness has found its own form in a human form, you and you. It's showing up in you, and, and you personalize the whole thing with your, your memories, your idea of what happened last week, what someone said to you, what your closest friend is now doing that is going another direction. They're not so friendly anymore. Constant story after story after story. What do I say about that? Just observe those. If you believe that stuff or disbelieve it or ignore it, passion, aggression, and ignorance, it's got you right by the ass to be literal about it. And it will just tag around and, and it'll interpret everything for you. Heartbreaking to see the suffering in the world and know that the only way, and I'm not saying it's, it is the only way, but the only way it looks like here is that you have to see what the fundamental issue is, and that is mistaken identity, that there is a separate being, something called you or me or us or political figures or movie stars. That's the illusion. And it is an illusion. So something happens, the, the, the practice part of it, well, let's start with this. The ego part of it is something happens and then we think about it, add, add to it comment on it and analyze it, find, find who's to blame, who gets credit. We do all that. We create these constant stories in our mind about, about, about why it's happening, why it shouldn't have happened. I don't deserve this. On and on, you could go on. I don't need to go any further. And then the one with one who is training the mind, that would be uh, something arises, no comment. Something arises with sharp edges, Sharp claws, sharp teeth, no comment. No, don't run away, don't turn away. Just look at it. This is what you're training yourself to do. I assume everyone in here is practicing some form of shikantaza. And you may not be able to do this. You may just say, screw it. Is that wrong? No, you may not be able to do this. Billions of people are not even interested. If I were, if they were to sit right here next to you, well, maybe half a billion would fit in here. And listen to what is being said. They, they, there's so much, uh, I don't know the word for it, maybe garbage or maybe uh, dessert plates. 
are hanging out in their mind stream that they either have to go to war with something or go to peace with something. <clears throat> Both of those are problematic. Take no position. How do you do that? You watch the way you continually take positions on everything, on yourself, on others, and those may never go away. They don't need to go away if you see what they are. They're unreal. Totally. And we, anytime you meet anybody and talk to someone, if you see what this is, it only takes about three or four minutes to see how much how much somebody is stuck on their thoughts and 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 can't can't see that that's what's happening. And do you have permission to do anything? Even if you're their teacher, you don't have permission necessarily to say, you know, you could um, take a look at how crazy you are. <laughs> to be blunt, all you have to do is be aware of it. Sounds simple, extremely hard. The rest of your life can go by as you're trying to do that. <clears throat> so a secret behind, beyond thought is we could also, using that image, we could also say the, the gobbledygook that is in front of the thought. What if you're adding on to the thought instead of just seeing, just bare attention, just uh, shamata vipassana or maha vipassana. Just watch the space that shows up with the thought. Look at the space in which the thought occurs, and that way you begin to see the mirror-like quality of your mind. And that's still path. It doesn't end up being a mirror. It doesn't end up being anything. So observe that. Observe that. Be very, very generous to everything and all the six fields, including the mind. Give it your attention. Smell, taste, touch, feel, hear, think. This is very difficult, very difficult. If you get close to me and you and I see that you can't come this way any further without fighting with me, I'll chase you away. And there's lots of ways of doing that. If you don't understand that, there's room for questions, not yet. <clears throat> so watching the way you push or the way you pull or change or blame or instruct yourself or others for constant filling up, filling up the space. Just observe, watch things happen, train yourself, sit down, hold still and practice being an observer uh, and a witness, which uh, who, who eventually is no one, no witnessing. There's no, there's just consciousness and there isn't even anything witnessed. You start somewhere, you start on whatever's moving, because that's the illusion. You have to see this as an illusion. If you see it's an illusion, you don't have to leave. You don't have to join it. You don't have to do anything with it. But you probably will not add to it, unless it's to help someone based on, on how you see whatever it is that they particularly are dealing with in their war against everything. Secret. It's secret, sometimes called self-secret, because it's it's in the open. But it's it's such it's a kind of secret that has no has no clues around it. It's that it's that, and if you see it, uh, you you because you're so used to believing or disbelieving, uh, you won't believe it. Or you're so used to believing or disbelieving, you'll you'll disbelieve it. Now that can't be it. That's that's too that's too ordinary, too simple. But if you see what it actually is, but 
And this is the part you want to hang your hat on. You won't see anything. There is no hook. There is no hat. You could do that. You could do that. You could, that can be done. And it's it's a non-doing. It's more of a receiving. It gets very, very uh, difficult to point to what it is because as we get closer to fundamental ultimate reality, all the parts and the pieces and the structures come apart. There, there's no way to to find it. It's it's secret. And uh, and there's no distance between you and that secret. You are that secret. Find out. Find out. Dedicate yourself to this path. Or dedicate yourself to the truth. It may be another path. Maybe I have to go into Taoism or Advaita Vedanta or I don't know. There's all kinds of things. Excuse me, even forms of Christianity and theistic approach that have a, a kind of mystical area to it. And we're just talking about the truth. We're not trying talking about converting anybody to Buddhism. We may have to, may have to do this. We may need to do something else. But I doubt very much, based on my experience and on the experience experiences of those teachers down through the centuries, I doubt very much you can do this without a teacher. Probably can't do it without a teacher, a teaching, or a community. A teacher is key. Without the teacher, there is no teaching. Without the teacher, there is no community. So you can get stuck on your opinions, your ideas, your judgments, your reactions, and buy into them and be safe for 13 years or maybe for three lifetimes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do that. I don't have anything to sell, nothing to promote. I can't guarantee you anything other than failure. What does it say in my cup? This is a wonderful cup someone gave me. I think it was an attorney who gave me this cup. Did you give me this cup? It says... There's little rainbows and cute little doll figures and people dancing and playing. And there's the sun in the air. And the only words on it is it says, death is coming. Now, why would anybody think that was an appropriate cup to buy for Sokazan? <laughs> but I think it came with a, a another... What what did what was it? Uh, Ondo, what did he say when he gave you this? Uh, if he doesn't like it, uh, maybe if it's inappropriate... Wasn't that? If it's too morbid. Oh, too morbid. Too morbid? Death comes without warnings. This is death. This is death. Life and death. It's non-dual. Life and death are not separate. You can realize this now. And your body can drop tomorrow, and you won't mind. The bodies around you can drop. Not that you won't be heartbroken, sad, and miss them. Of course, we love everyone. I know what this is. Don't waste your time going around lecturing others about anything. Find out what it is. Put others before yourself. Not just so you appear like you're doing that. But actually do it. You might put others before yourself and no one will even know that you're doing that because it's it's in consciousness. It's not just the activity of giving someone money because they have a cardboard sign. So that may be part of it. That may be the way that you personally will have to work with it. Secret. Secret. Beyond. Beyond thought. It's a beyond. It isn't even beyond. We just say that because... 
we can't get to it. We don't know where it's at. Well, I can tell you where it's at. It's in your consciousness, in the consciousness that looks like it's yours. It's in your consciousness. When you sit down and face the wall, it's right there. You may have to look at it for many years. I certainly did. Until you understand what the teacher was pointing at. Questions if you have them. Yes, sir. Jeez, am I, what's the function of chasing someone away who can't come closer without fighting? They piss me off. Nothing has changed over here. This is the same crazy person that was born 83 years ago, or almost 83, except this uh, one stumbled into the Dharma into a true teacher. Have I chased you away yet? I think so. I tried, but you keep sticking around. Can you see what I'm saying right there? Not sure. <clears throat> not being not sure is space. And that's that's the path. Being not sure. Space. More about that if you have it. I don't need, need to succeed as being a Dharma teacher. It's always the intention. Even though people will talk about this different ways, and everyone should be respected for their point of view or their understanding. I don't need to succeed. Yes, sir. Like, um, is it better to not act on positionality when it arises? Yeah, don't do anything with it. Don't do anything unless you have to. I think I've been saying that since I met you. Don't, don't do anything unless you have to. And if you really reflect on that, there's you're doing very little. Working, maybe having a job, paying your bills. Staying out of trouble. More about it? Since you bowing, in meditation, I spend some time um, entertaining myself with daydreams yes. or memories. Is that time wasted? No. no there, there isn't any such thing as wasting time. Even going out and kicking up your heels and just having a hedonistic life is not wasting your time. There's no such thing as wasting anything. <clears throat> you can't waste it. But what does it you want to know? Because I'm happy to re respond to that part of it. With your instruction being to practice being an observer. Yes. So just observe the, the daydream. Uh, I sometimes say it, uh, uh, just fall asleep. I'll try to maintain wakefulness. That's just a polished, uh, sophisticated form of ignorance. Just be genuine. Be genuine. Fall over. Go to sleep. Bang into the wall. Jodo will show you. He's got scars up here from hitting the wall. Haven't you? Yes. More? <clears throat> Sokran. Sokran Valley. <clears throat> you were saying the difficulty with the Shamanpa practice is a hideout. It can, it, I would say it can be. I'm not going to condemn people who practice that. There are people that practice that that are probably walking around as are great teachers. I don't know, or highly enlightened. But it is, it's a, that's susceptible, susceptible. You are susceptible to that without a teacher because it, it's very cozy to become 
very stable and very uh, tranquil. And who wants to go into the Mahavipassana when this is feels pretty good right here, just to be kind of not much thought happening. So you really need a teacher to help you make that transition. My feeling is that Shikantaza meets you in the karma that you showed up here with. And if you need to do uh, resting in tranquility or shamatha, you'll just naturally do that. You'll naturally follow the breath or not follow thought patterns in such a way that there's precision happening there. You're following it, you're following it. Could be a could be a daydream, but you're following that. And then when that comes apart and we start to uh, realize or uh, um, become aware of the incredible spaciousness that is around the objects that are rising, this is the beginning of Vipassana or panoramic awareness. It's still uh, it's still a relative situation because you can't actually find space, but we tend to objectify it so we can talk about. It. Go ahead. So Grand Valley, uh, <clears throat> I find myself criticizing subtle criticism for not being in the present. What does it look like to observe a daydream when it appears that there's no awareness alongside or with? The there's, there's no way you can know if there's awareness or not. If you if you know there's awareness, if you think I've been so aware, this is just bullshit. Don't bullshit yourself. Fail. And when I, when I say fail, I'm saying uh, allow yourself to see what it is without leaving what it is for a conclusion about it. Just the raw material of consciousness will not have a positive or negative or neutral. It's just awareness. That's like I'm talking to you. I, I'm not talking to myself. There isn't anybody but this. And it's not me. It's not you. It's just consciousness only. I couldn't speak this way if I had to think of all the things up that I've just said in the last 20 minutes or whatever. I don't think about anything. But that doesn't mean you stop the thought. It just means that you're aware of what thoughts are. That they stand out in front of the secret. But you can see right through them. They're transparent. So your evaluation of yourself, just be aware of that. You don't have to stop the evaluation. You don't have to justify it or promote it or validate it. Just watch that the mind will sometimes be self-validating and sometimes it'll be very critical. Just watch those. Those are just aspects that are non-dual. More? So going back, what is presence when there's no apparent what is presence when it appears as though we're gone? Just presence. But there's no one there, so there's no there's no way to validate it or justify it. It will happen. Uh, it's not an occurrence, even though I have to use the word happen. If, it, if it's an occurrence, then it has a past and a future. And this uh, this presence, authentic presence, Trungpa Rinpoche called it, has no past and future. It's always here. And you, you've always been there. They're, they're, you don't get somewhere. It's not an experience. The the past is gone. The future is gone as concepts or idea. And even the present is extra. You're still trying to find a position where you're in the present. Sometimes I think there's a teaching here back in the 70s that be here now. Wasn't that? Yeah. Try to stay in the present moment. Just be here now. Well, no. You don't have to do that. More? Thought there was going to be <laughs> uh, okay. 
Kelsey Bowen. Kelsey. What is the environment around a thought? So when you begin to watch thoughts without adding something to them, well, it's a bad thought, it's a good thought, I shouldn't think that, or I, or thinking about your thinking, thinking about thinking about thinking, which happens to everyone to some extent, it's when you just notice the thought and you, after a while, by not pushing it, judging it, evaluating it, trying to stop yourself from doing that, or, or accepting it or explaining it or blaming someone for it, going into the three poisons here, or ignoring, turning away, going into something else so you don't have to think about that particular thing. If you just receive it, just watch it show up, turn this way or that way, or not. Maybe it won't turn at all and go away. Then you begin to see, by not doing that, you begin to see the space around it. And the space around it is still objectified. So it's still, it's still, uh, it's not actually what it actually is. When it's what it actually is, you can't see it because you're not separate from it. That's why it's sometimes called mirror-like. This is the encouragement of the the ancient sages of the past and the masters trying to encourage you to look at something and try to see that it's a mirror. This is a way of tricking you into uh, going into a, a dense, dark forest that can be scary. So when you actually see what it is, you won't see anything because you can't see you can't see yourself. Well, consciousness can't see itself because it's not separate. You've actually transcended this world. And there's still a gravity and a heart beating and a hand moving and someone about to say something. I'll see that. So is the environment or the space around a thought separate from the thought? Yeah, temporarily. When you first begin to, when you when you first get to the area where you've, you've managed to actually observe thoughts coming and going without too much addition, judging, uh, evaluating, condemning, pushing, pulling, psychologizing, that kind of thing turning stories into uh, around the uh, situation. So it will take on uh, a separate objectivity that allows you to get closer to what? The secret beyond thought. Has to be some kind of spaciousness happening there. But when you actually see that, when you actually are, shall we say, realized, uh, there isn't any space. There, there, aren't any, there aren't any objects. Go ahead. Kelsey Bowling, so the space is consciousness with the illusion present? Or... For a while. Eventually, even the illusion is consciousness. So everything collapses into itself would be a relative way of saying Difficult to do that without uh, uh, someone misunderstanding and thinking that something needs to be done. It just needs to be observed or received or Awareness, awareness. Awareness is the key word. Be aware of the apparent objectivity of everything, including your thought patterns. Don't accept them. Don't reject them. Don't ignore them. That's the path. One. Beyond. Beyond Valley. Does the secret beyond thought still have a secretness to enlightened beings? Well, it's, it's no longer a secret, so I'm not sure what you're looking for. There isn't anything else anymore. So the, the elseness has gone out of it to make something up. What? Ian Bowling, what makes something a secret? You can't see it. Somebody sees it and somebody else doesn't see it. So it's just a way of talking about it. 
it's uh, sometimes called an open secret because nobody's trying to hide anything. You know? You're hi hiding from yourself because you, not just you, but we're terrified of the reality that we may not exist. And that shows, manifests up, uh, of course, we think we're the body. We think we are this body, mind, comp, and this body is uh, going to die. So, but who you are can't die because it has not been born. The body's been born, but who you actually are does not come into existence or pass out of existence. More? Ian Valley, I'm wondering if the secret beyond thought can be spoken of in relation to clouds in the sky. Where is the secret beyond thought and clouds in the sky? We use those uh, examples. It's the sky. But we're hooked on the clock. We're hooked on the weather. And we're, we personalize everything. We don't like this. We like that. I like this. But then that started happening. When, when he was doing this, that seemed to be okay. And then look who came in and messed the whole thing up. Just constant stories, believing our thoughts. And we use memory to refurbish that. When it starts to come apart, apart we just go back and remember things. And we repeat what we uh, what we remembered. And interesting, interestingly, the memory isn't even accurate. It's our projection about what we thought was happening. That's what we're remembering, is our ideas about what happened. You can't actually say what happened. In order to talk about anything that occurred 20 minutes ago, it has to go into the thought process because there's no actual memory of anything anywhere. It's all an illusion. Michael. Michael Bowling. I've heard you say that off the cushion, just live your life. How can I reconcile that sort of teaching with also not doing anything unless I have to? So I'm telling you what you have to do. If you're if you're functioning as a student of mine, and you know, that's been an off and on situation over the last what eight ten years or whatever it's been. Sometimes you you hear, and then sometimes I don't see it for months and months. So since you're here, I'm saying meditate your ass off, young man. And all that means is just say sit down, hold still a lot, do it a lot. It's I've had someone telling me the same thing basically, but I. Could have sat more, could have practiced more, could have worked with the with the teachings of Buddha, the teacher, the teaching, the community. Those three, it's just a, a formula. It's not that there aren't other ways of doing it. But since you asked me, I'm saying the most important thing for you to do is to meditate. Whether you saw a rock or not, that's your business. But sitting practice of meditation, I'll tell everyone that but if somebody does comes forward this way and presents the way you seem to be presenting and saying sitting a lot is what's important you may i think it helps to do that with others because otherwise others other and we otherwise is the word i was looking for otherwise we tend to become kind of proud of how much we've been sitting start to count and we've sat 150 hours in the last month and so then we start to look for what spiritual materials and progress that's why you need the teacher so when you start feeling progress that the teaching person, he or she or they have no position, have no reference point. It's, they're, they're beyond the words and they're not secret. So they, then they could tell you and their way of telling you, um, if they're skillful, might be able to tell you in such a way that won't be so difficult that will scare you away, which I'm very unskillful. So I'm always frightening people away. That's why I only have, what, 15 students? No, I guess I have more than that. 32 students. More? Good question.
the only question I have. Yes. I think I'll just ask you later. Okay, that's fine. Chisho, uh, I'll get back to you in a minute. Chisho. Chisho Baling. Um, is it possible to be aware of space without objectifying it? Baling. Yes, for a while. That that's actually part of the uh, maybe not for everyone, but there's kind of a a spaciousness, uh, an openness that starts to show up uh, with some objectification. But uh, it's a transition area; it's still part of the path. It's not the the goal, or it's not a fruition. Fruition, the Buddhist fruition, is is nothing happens, no experience, no things, no items, nothing, 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 nothing. But even that's extra because that's even emptiness is empty of what it's talking about or pointing to. So everything is empty. Further, Kisho. Kisho Bowing. Uh, in my practice, at least, it is just, you know, one thought and then another thought, another sound, another sight. It just keeps happening. Um, so the awareness just seems to be of different objects. Yes. Uh, so that's where I was wondering about uh, how do, how does uh, awareness of space even show up here? We just we just objectify it by looking at the space between the table and the wall. So we think of it uh, that way, or we might think of it between the space between words when someone is talking, or the space that shows up in different kinds of music, or or in writing or poetry. There's just so many ways. The, the space that shows up when we fall asleep, and then that gets filled with dreams, possibly nightmares, all kinds of things like that. So uh, the spaciousness is just the way you're describing what is happening with you. I'd say just watch what happens. Just observe the, what comes up and receive your understanding of space as it appears, rather than try to look for, for my understanding of space or some other, yeah, you've got it. Kelsey. Kelsey Down, there are times where when you're speaking, you have a um, uh, an emotional experience. I do. <laughs> um, is that the you seeing the secret beyond? No, it's a part break. I don't know. It's hard to say if you have me go there, I can't talk. I don't know what it is. I just know it's intense. And I'm, I'm, it's what I'm receiving. When you talk about that, then I start receiving that. And suffering from everywhere. Interested? Keep practicing. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't believe a damn thing I say. Don't believe anything. This is not, this is not, I'm not trying to get any followers or believers. It's, it's in you, it's your mind. You'll realize that you may you may have emotional things happen. You may not. There's nothing to live up to. Go ahead. Well, see, you also talk about when you see it, it'll be very ordinary. Yes. What is ordinary about that? Just ordinary sobbing. <laughs> Aren't you a counselor? <laughs> <laughs> just it's just ordinary, but it's just deep, and it has no has no content. So it isn't like I'm thinking about uh, what's happening in, in this place or that place. 
it also uh, it shows up in different ways. When I think of my teachers, it shows up. Embarrassing for me. I want to sit up here and cry. But I had no uh, choice. So <laughs> this Jesus subject. <laughs> so if I think about my teachers, it's a gratitude for all of them. And when I blow my nose, look out. I'm getting serious. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. Do you mind? How do you come in and out of heartbreak without getting stuck there? There isn't anyone. Emotion is self-existing. It has no has no emotionator, no personhood there. I'm not frightened by anything. Life and death are the same thing. So what's going to scare me? What what upsets me or what gets me emotional is if I'm around you and you're having intense emotions, emotions, I'm having them. If I'm around anyone, I'm not threatened by them. Like like you maybe. You're trying to get rid of, you're trying to be somebody else. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm just saying quite often when we're having difficulty, we don't like that. We don't know what caused it, who, who we can blame. And like what goes into that heartbreak if it's not someone? It's just, just uh, um, the fancy word would be compassion. But it's, there's no one who feels compassion for something else. There's just compassion. And so there, therefore, and if there's any singularity in there called a me or an I, that can't handle it. So it won't go there. It will stay out, keep itself separate, and keep the compassion limited to its family members. You know what I'm talking about. Selective compassion, which is not compassion, it's sympathy or caring or, or relative uh, to the love that comes out of grasping or that shows up as grasping, wanting something, not wanting this, wanting that. Somebody getting something that belongs to you. Well, anyone else? Yes. So, Grand Valley, early teachings talk about the four elements and uh, how they are the origin or how they can arise as phenomenon. For instance? Uh, for instance, uh, the sensations could manifest as the water element and there could be a certain characteristic of that element in the body or fire can manifest as burning in the body. Yes. The elements show up in the mind as thoughts do the, do the thoughts have an element quality to them? Air. If I were going to use that, and that's that's fairly classical understanding of thought process, especially analysis and so on, is a of the uh, the Buddha families would be Vajra. I'm not sure where you're going with all of that, but yes, you can take things and break them uh, up, and it gives us the illusion of having a more understanding it, it allows us to maybe contemplate it some contemplate something by using concepts and ideas and images more so remind when thoughts appear to be solid is there a teaching for looking at them in a way that is helpful in not identifying with them yeah identify with them don't chase away anything if something shows up in your mind, and it's my way of saying this, doesn't mean you're to blame. 
there isn't anyone there anyway. But you have it coming. It shows up in your mind. Let awaken as this world, not someone in the world that's awakening. Awaken as the world, because you are not separate from it. If uh, awakening is not an experience, if it's an experience that will fade, we all had a little mini tent shows and enlightenment times. And some of them, when I say little, I don't mean to minimize them. I've had some that were overwhelmingly powerful, but that's not awakening. Awakening is not particularly an experience. It might be the lack of experiences if we're, if we're classified in that way. So just watch the things show up without don't do anything with them. Just let them grow. Let them show up and have that. Your, the only container you need is a, the body-mind. You're sitting still and you're watching what comes and goes and comes and goes. And it, the experience may be uh, rough and ready and it may be very smooth. It may be like sleeping, any number of things. Am I getting close to what you're looking for or am I missing the point of your so question? Found, no, it's very unsatisfying. My response? Yeah, good. Good. I have to help you by pointing at the truth, not by encouraging you to go into some kind of a imaginary peaceful state. I'm not in a peaceful state. I'm not in a state of war. There, there is no state here. Otherwise, I couldn't do that. You bring the state in here and you ask me questions and I'm immediately in your state. And that's where I respond. Everybody leaves the room. Nothing's happening. <clears throat> more sorry to be so disappointing what was that cup saying death is coming I have another cup that was I don't know who gave me this who gave me the cup that says um, disappointment awaits that's a really good cup too Bye. who did Bye. who that's that the guy who's a, uh, lives up in Grand Rapids who does he think he is? Give me a cup. Yeah. Isn't that the name of a park or something like that? Or a, or a body of water, some disappointment awaits? Does anyone know? You know? What about it was a park that he visited? Oh. Disappointment Cove. Oh, I see. Disappointment awaits. Is there a question on Zoom? Work it out, you guys. <laughs> Young, go ahead. And we'll go back to Gesheen afterwards. Besides receiving uh, for close family members, in general, when is a good time to suggest? Um, you know, I understand, I understand the question. It's a very good question, but I think it's so situational. And you'll be able to work with the situations more, say, precisely or uh, closely to uh, uh, beyond your preconceptions about what someone is doing or saying. If you really work with your own preconceptions about what you are doing or saying, that way, when other people show up, you're, you have some clarity about what they're doing or saying and that way you can give them some feedback possibly that will be fairly accurate rather than just 
uh, tumble over on top of your preconceptions where you've totally missed the point. That's why I sometimes ask people, did, do I, did I get close to what you was you wanted to know? Instead of just asked, uh, responded to what I thought your question was rather than what actually you wanted to know. So in your situation, are you talking, talking about your children? Or, yeah. But with children, I, yes. children, yeah, I would say less is better. Less is better of telling them what to do and more is better of listening to them. And uh, one of the ways to listen to them uh, more creatively is to ask them questions. Not not philosophical questions, very, very simple, ordinary questions by watching what they're doing, watching what they like, watching what they read or what they play with and ask them questions so that they're so that they're uh, are looking into whatever they're doing and receiving from it. You can encourage your children to receive their world rather than just manipulate it. And then you may you may see an opening there where you can. Because the opening will be natural because you're you're receiving from them. You're asking a question, then you're receiving what they say. I don't know how else to say it other than that, unless you have a, another question. Okay. Nilka. Nilka Bowing. A question on YouTube from Joseph in Fort Wayne. Joseph Bowing, what is a teacher? Bowing. Well, there's a, a good example of what is a teacher? What is it you want to know uh, about that? There's all kinds of teachers. <clears throat> a, a spiritual uh, teacher is uh, one who who sees what this world actually is and, uh, and meets you where you're at. If you're a student, there's no teacher unless there's a student. So I can't teach unless people show up and ask questions. So I'm not sure if there's something specific you're looking for. The teachers show up in all different kinds of ways, different they teach in different ways. When you were answering Sokaran, you were saying let uh whatever shows up come and go. That was extra, I shouldn't say let. <laughs> well, in some ways, are you saying trust our consciousness? Yes, I'm saying if something's happening to you, it's, it's supposed to happen. It's just basically dependent origination. It's like, you don't argue with the weather, whether it's out in the world or up in the clouds or in your mind stream. Don't, don't set up standards for anything. Whatever shows up, be generous with your attention. Give it your attention. Have gratitude. That you're, you're even a living being, that you can even have a precious human birth to be able to receive this incredible teaching about the nature of consciousness. Because there's consciousnesses wrapped up in balls everywhere in the universe at war, fighting right on this ball of dirt in the middle of nowhere called Earth. The warfare here, we, we may not make it. There's just too much confusion. When I say make it, uh, I'm saying from the relative point of view, there's no way you can fail. You can't fail with this. But it, it can it can look like failure and it can be excruciatingly painful. Go ahead. On the line. Are you saying then to trust our consciousness to observe and receive and that we don't have to generate observing and receiving? It will autom it will it's not, it's not automatic. That's an, another word that the automatic is more like this. 
Yeah, I put it in gear and dropped the clutch, and then I just looked the other way. Not many people are going to understand what I just said, but unless you were born a while a while ago. So um, it's like that. It's like allow. It's another word that's saying you're doing something, but it's just don't interfere with us. What's arising other than to receive it. It's like somebody knocking on your door. You you open the door, and that first situation that shows up, it could be uh, someone selling something. It could be a neighbor needing some help. It could be any number of things. But you open the door, and you immediately receive that. <clears throat> you have to receive it uh, pretty uh, pretty uh, um, fundamentally. Uh, if too much time goes by, then we start projecting onto it. We start protecting ourselves from our neighbor that needs help, being suspicious. Of that. So, yes. All the buying is receiving a choice. So, I think it's a practice. This is something we do. We sit down, hold still. If you're listening to what I'm saying, I'm saying just whatever shows up in your mind, just, just think it, just feel it, just hear it, smell it, taste it, touch it. Whatever happens, just receive that with as little addition to it as possible. So, there's a A little bit of, ch of choice, uh, of selective between this and this. There's a little bit going on, but it's not as much. There's not very much there. You don't. You didn't choose your hands that are doing this. So the leading edge of something has some areas that look like choice. Uh, opening the door and deciding whether to close it or not. A little bit of choice, but it's uh, uh, it's dependently arisen, and it also uh, depends on the the karma that brought you into this world and the first place how much how much preloaded you are with fear because of how you were treated in the 13th century not you but this consciousness which doesn't belong to anyone which can show up anywhere how much of a choice is it to see beyond thoughts i can't really see beyond thoughts Now, because that's a secret. The secret's beyond thoughts. And if you look beyond thoughts, it'd just be secret. Where do you look? You look at the thought. That's why I say over and over again, whatever shows up in your mind, just observe it. It may feel good. It may feel bad. It may smell. It may be fragrant. maybe tasty. maybe terrible. And just whatever occurs is what needs to happen. You may just have a reaction and reject it. Receive that. Don't double up with more negativity and then condemn yourself for not being able to receive it. It's just a, a, the a, just awareness, awareness, not producing anything. More. Any any more questions on Zoom? Jishin Bowing. Go ahead, Jishin. Is feeling comfortable in spaciousness and ego gain? Bowing. I'm sorry, Justine, you're going to have to repeat that again. Is feeling comfortable in spaciousness and ego game? No. No, it's not. Further questions on Zoom before we go back to the Zendo? Navid Bowing. Navid, go ahead. Um. What is it that prevents consciousness to be liberated, Bowie? Well, simply put, fear. 
because some causes and conditions have come together in such a way that it, it creates a, a singularity that is unreal called a human form. And then the consciousnesses, I'm sure you, if you've talked to 15 people, you find people that are all different kinds of people that seem to be very open-minded and considerate and uh, reasonable, and other people that are all tied up in knots and are all about fighting, defending themselves and uh, blaming you for whatever they can. There's just so many different uh, ways that the situation works, but it's basically fear, fear of other, which is uh, unreal, and fear of open spaces. More? Heavy bowing. So is that um, liberation from the fear? Bowing. It's it's just the fear. The fear may continue because it's dependently risen. There's a human form, an organism, a body, you or me or any of us here. If that's still going on, you're still alive, you're not, haven't passed away yet, then the fear may show up and come and go. But it won't find someone, an individual who's afraid. So that doesn't mean that you won't have the experience of fear. It just won't have much longevity. It might last 30 seconds or it might last, might last a lot longer, but there's no individual who is uh, adding up and noticing how afraid they are and wonder if that's going to happen again, and adding a whole lot of uh, using the memory of other times when they've been afraid and packing things together, trying to get some kind of a solid identity of someone who's afraid and somebody needs to buy, buy a, a, a Glock. To protect themselves. So I'm not separate from that. I'm not separating myself out where I'm this special person who is not afraid of anything. Fear still shows up here. All kinds of things show up here. And that's why it's so difficult because if you if you keep evaluating yourself and try to find out how enlightened you are. Then you'll do that with yourself and with others. You might do it with the teacher to find out, well, they're acting this way and that way. This is a big misunderstanding. My teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, was evaluated uh, heavily. And I'm not here to defend him. I'm not going to defend anything he did. He was a, a very difficult uh, lifetime for him and uh, very lucky to, uh, for anyone to, who, has, who ran into him as a, as a student because of his incredible ability to see deeply into his students and give them the kind of help they needed to continue on the path of the Buddha. So fear may show up, but you won't mind. You won't, you won't mind the situation. I don't know how else to say it because it sounds kind of humorous in a way. You won't, you won't mind feeling bad. You won't, because you don't, you don't, it doesn't mean that you, suddenly there's a person who is feeling bad that has to do something about it. No, it's, it's just like, uh, um, it's almost like you were served uh, a meal by your in-laws and you have to be polite and eat it. <laughs> Not exactly that way, but I, I thought that was a humorous example. Maybe you don't. Receive it. Receive, receive. Receive this incredible world. Receive this lifetime that you don't know how you got here. But here you are and you have this kind of a... Uh, ability or skill or mental quality or, or appearance or whatever it is. And uh, if you're listening to me, then um, as far as I'm concerned, you're what is called free and well-favored. You're free to come to such a meeting as this, which has no proof, no promises. And you're well-favored, as you've heard me say before, and as 
is a traditional way of talking about it. You aren't so locked up with your own static ideas and beliefs and opinions that are fear-based that you don't dare to even look at something where there's a golden idol sitting up in front. This is this is here deliberately. We don't take this away and put a rock there. There's no lineage there. There needs to be a human lineage. Even if it's we use a wooden a carving, there needs to be human beings one after the other. The sound of the the, uh, the lineage is so very important. We have 2,500 years of lineage. Further questions? Without the human birth, I cannot be on the path. You often say train our mind. What's the role of the body? Bowing. What's the what? What's the role of the body? When you say train the mind, I somehow underestimate of the if the human birth is the body. So I'm wondering what does the body do while we train the mind? Body and mind are body and mind are not two different things. They just look like it. It looks like the mind is over here thinking this and the body's over here uh, fixing uh, spaghetti. But you can think about something else while you're making doing the dishes or something, but that's just the ability of the body-mind complex to work in that way. What's that, what do they call it? Multitasking or something? It's not really happening in that way. So you can't find the mind to train it other than we can read uh, Dogen Zenji or we, and we can study that together, which we do uh, every day, uh, at least not, not in the middle of Ango, but we do it the rest, rest of the year. We study, we work together on it. We study these amazing teachings. So that's one way of working with it, to actually bring in concepts and ideas like uh, um, the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links on the Chain of Existence, just to name the, the ones that stick in my uh, memory. And then hold the body very still and watch what continues to happen in that part of the body we call the mind. It keeps moving and twitching and throwing this and pushing that and pushing that. Just observe that movement without comment. It takes years. You have a good start. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There, there, there won't be necessarily signposts on the road. Now, people teach us differently, and there are other teachers that will give you all kinds of um, ways of looking at it, or uh, and levels of understanding. There's the, uh, there's a lot of them. One of them is the the in the Mahayana. There's the ten Bodhisattva Bhumis. Uh, I'm not against that. I just don't think they're linear, the way the way the picture is painted there. So just keep body mind are not not separate. They're separated, and we tend to separate it even more by, by trying to get ourselves to do this and think that, thinking about this, and then you know how you can drive a car and to someplace you're used to going, and the body just takes you there because consciousness is uh, always finds the form it needs, including your workplace. Even though you're thinking about your kids or you're worried about something, you just next thing you know, you find you're at, you're at work. It's just a way of talking about it. Very good. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Sokuren, and I'm one of Sokuzan's monks. Sokuzan so freely offers his love to us and his wisdom through these talks and never asks us for anything in return. If you value what he does and what he is, and want them to continue, please visit our donate page at sokokoji.org. Thank you.